episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page, homeschool curriculum for hands-on, creative, and gifted learners. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast, episode number 30. In this episode, the moms welcome their first guest to chat about homeschooling a child with autism. <laughs> Mom, where's Mom, my glasses? Mom, Mom, Mom. Honey, where's my glasses? Mom. Why is the dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're, we're the, the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So, Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 15 minutes, 47 seconds. So, Becky, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Oh, my gosh. Almost nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we had, uh, as you know, star testing, um, yeah. basically like the past two weeks. And so this has seriously put a glitch in our ability to get anything done mm. because even though the star testing is only two hours long a day, by the time we get home, Jack is all allergied out and Danielle's all brained out and it's like nobody wants to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we kind of didn't do a whole lot the past two weeks, um, but that's okay because mm-hmm. um, we were pretty well on track to not have to worry so much. You know, um, we have enough done that when we go to meeting with teacher, we don't have to go, I'm so sorry we didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, let's see. Um, in a previous show, I spoke about World Book Night, that I was a giver for World Book Night. And so on April 23rd, the kids and I headed out to run some errands and we packed a bag with 20 copies of Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury and handed them out to people at the grocery store and at Starbucks. We had, uh, we had like a little, um, thing going on. I would walk up to them because I'm not very good at talking to people. I don't know if you know this about me, <laughs> but I am actually really bad at talking to people. Um, I like hate talking on the phone and I, I hate having to talk to people in person and much rather tech or email and um so i would walk up to them and i would be like so hi my name is becky and i'm a giver for world book night and i had a sticker on my shirt that wasn't like an official sticker and i was wondering if i could give you a book and um most of the time actually every single time they said yes a few people said do you have like a children's book or something and i was like no i only have one book and i would tell them about the book that it was one of my favorites and everything and every single person who we tried to give one to took it and so danielle would hand them the book after i gave them the spiel and it was really cool and we had a lot of fun and we made a lot of people very happy like it made people smile to be handed a book so (laughs) that was awesome very cool also on april 23rd it was impossible astronaut day for all of you whovians out there that was the day that uh, the um, impossible astronaut um showed on BBC last year. And so Whovians all over the place were supposed to draw hash marks on their arms. So if you're a Whovian, you know what the whole hash marks things are. And um, so I went around passing out books with hash marks, but I didn't find any other Whovians. I was sad. I'd really hoped that I would find at least one out there, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> what was really funny too was that um, I kept reapplying my hash marks as the they would start to fade during the course of the day. And then... Um, I fell asleep at one point and woke up with hash marks on my face and was kind of like, <laughs> how did those get there? But then I realized it was because I had fallen asleep with my hand on my face and they had like ink transferred onto my cheek. So <laughs> that was pretty funny. And uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, I posted on our Facebook group about this really awesome book journal that I found at Target in the dollar spot. 
I love the dollar spot. Um, and it has this, it's a great way to keep track of books. It has like um, a two page spread for each book that the child reads and has a place to put all the information about the book. And then it has a place for them to draw a picture oh, of I a know, scene from the book. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. I, that was what sold it for me was having a place to draw the picture. Yep. Yep, and I, I think it's cool, too, that when she's done, when she's got it all filled up, she'll have this book that's like a record of all the stuff that she read, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I got some for my kids, too. Yeah, can't beat a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, let's see, on Wednesday, I cut Jack's hair. I gave him a little mohawk. <laughs> and it was so funny because I was like, hey, Jack, can I dye your mohawk red? Because you know me, I'm like all about dyeing people's hair funny colors. And he was all excited about it. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And I go, okay, well, we have to wash your hair. <laughs> and he ran screaming. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> I swear my child would rather be shaved completely bald than to have his hair washed. Oh, no. But um, he's got a cute little mohawk going on. Um, and I don't think I did too bad of a job on it considering it was my first try. <laughs> and let's see oh also um in the spirit of adding art to our homeschooling um over the past couple of weeks we have had that um i had the children start drawing um while i'm reading from the history book instead of just coloring the pictures that come with the story of the world mm-hmm. and so we were um i was reading a book um uh, medieval kids in medieval times and the ch- i had the children draw a medieval castle scene and so Danielle drew this really nice castle and everything, and Jack drew a siege machine and like knights and all this kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. you know, like medieval warfare stuff. <laughs> That's very Jack. Very and cool. Then um, Danielle, for her language arts program, we're studying about um, Monet, and so she's been drawing or painting almost every day in the style of Monet. We've done um, botanicals. She did a landscape uh, flower the other day. She drew a really, really pretty um, pansy the other day. And um, then yesterday we made spinning tops to show what children in medieval times played with. What about you, Tina? How's your week been or two weeks been? Two weeks, yeah. Um, let's see. Well, um, on the April 17th, we had a, our annual celebration slash recognition of our son Balin's birth and death. I don't know if I've mentioned him on the show before. I don't think I have. Um, but for those people who don't know, we had a little boy who was born 8 pounds, 12 ounces, and just never took a breath on April 17th, 2004. So that is one thing that has, that just happened recently. And it's always a tough time of the year. Yeah. We get a birthday cake and um, we sing happy birthday and take pictures and that kind of thing. Um, he was in between my two kids, which is why my kids are almost five years apart in age. Uh, let's see. So then, um, <laughs> and then my cat was diagnosed with kidney disease. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, so now we have to give her a, I keep saying calling it an IV, but it's not technically an IV. It's like an IV bag and you you stick the needle in under the skin and they do like a bubble of fluid under the skin. Twice a week we have to do that now and give oh. her a, I have to shove a pill down her throat every day because she also has high blood pressure. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun <laughs> and and a lot of money, of course, because, you know, vets always are. And oh, and then I had to put her on special food as well. So now so we had to change our whole routine with the cats because normally we just put the food out and then they eat whenever they're hungry. And when it's empty, we fill it up again. But now we have to give them separate food. So now we have the food in separate containers with the lids and we give it to them 
throughout the day here and there when they're really good at telling us when they're hungry. So they, they start meowing, we put the food down, they eat, we put the food away. <laughs> so right. this is like a really big change in our schedule and our daily schedule. You know, it's, it's, it's just a lot of changes. And then, um, after that, we all got the stomach flu. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been a really great two weeks, let me tell you. Like <laughs> yeah, I started off and then both kids got it and then Adam Adam never actually upchucked, but um but he was sick for at least twenty four hours just like the rest of us. Um on the verge of it quite a lot. I don't know how he managed to not and then Maven only she only actually puked twice. I don't know how she managed that. Tyrion and I were up all night long for this. Like, really? You only had to do it twice? That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, I've never, ever, ever been that sick in my life. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fun stuff. So, but the star testing was the least of our worries <laughs> with all that. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, when the, our star testing, or the star testing for my kids, uh, meaning their experience of it, went without a hitch, apparently. They, n- neither one of them were particularly bothered by it. Uh, um, people who are not with the charter schools probably don't. No, they might not even know if they're not in California what star testing is, but it's just the standardized testing that they do every year for the public schools. And because we're with a charter, that's how the, our charter gets paid. Yeah. So we do it to support our charter, but the test scores mean nothing to us and they they mean nothing to our teachers either. So, yep. so that's good. That's the good part about it. We just do it to support the school. <laughs> but afterwards was a blast. Oh my gosh. You and I were cracking up with the, they did rocketry and, um, there were rockets shooting all over the place, weren't there? Yeah, there were. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> I have a great video of it. I sh- I'm going to have to put up and put a link in the show notes. <laughs> we, had, we had dads on the roof, on two yes. different roofs, two dads on two different roofs, because the, the little paper rockets kept going up on the roofs. <laughs> <laughs> and another dad was helping to, to man one of the rockets was, like, you push a button and it shot. Um, it was a compressed air, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a compressed air thing in the in that closet there. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. I figured that was something like that. The kids made their well, the, they made these little paper rockets, and then um, and then after they did that, then they go over and do the stomp rockets. And so we had a big kid helping with the stomp rocket. There was just rockets everywhere, and we kept yep. getting we were under fire. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, that was a really good day. I like that. So our school's really good at. Uh, doing i keep saying school so if somebody's like listening to this and doesn't know that we're homeschoolers it's gonna or thinks that we're homeschoolers well we are homeschoolers are gonna be like well, what do you mean this school right exactly <laughs> this is just where we go like once or twice a week basically <laughs> but um yeah it was a lot of fun all homeschoolers yeah. <laughs> and uh um, the cookies they did cookies after one of the days and they did um relay races were really cute too that was really fun i got some cute video footage of Tyrion doing that too Hmm. Um, Maven, my camera crapped out right, right around there, unfortunately. So I wasn't able to, it keeps like not recording. I don't know what's going on with it. So yeah, to figure that out anyway. And then, um, another fun day that our school did, uh, down in Visalia, we all went down, you and you guys came with us, um, to Minecraft day. That yeah. was a hoot. That was really cool to have a whole room full of kids playing Minecraft. And some of them were actually playing together too. So yeah, that was pretty were- awesome. They were able to get the land worlds going, so um, where they could they could hook up via the the land. What do they call it? Landline. <laughs> I don't know like, what you call I think that. it's just the LAN. The LAN. Okay. Because a LAN is short for local area local, network. Right, right. Right. So I think that's all inclusive. Yeah. 
so they were able to do that and that was um it was noisy in there everybody was having a blast one of the one of the laptops they sh- they sh- projected it onto a big screen so i mean it was just you know minecraft mania all around yes that was fun and then water play outside so that was fun afterwards we went out and played in the sprinklers and it was fun it was nice to be able to go down to visalia since we don't go down there very often anymore yeah, I think it was nice to get down there and, and to wander through the library and find some books and things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for people who maybe are just tuning in for the first time, we have, we do have a, our charter is based in Fresno, I'm mean, sorry, our charter is based in Visalia, but we go to the the um, chapter that is up in Fresno, which is an hour away from Visalia. So um, the Visalia activities we don't usually go to unless it's like a whole school school activity. And um, and then it's worth driving down there for an hour for Minecraft Day. How can you not? Right. So, <laughs> so that was really fun. And we're coming down to the end of our school year here, so we wanted to get our get some fixes of our friends down in Visalia one more time because we don't see them there, uh, see them very often anymore since we used to go down there every week last year, but not anymore since now we're up here in Fresno. Yay! It's Yay. much better not having to drive an hour twice a week for, exactly. for enrichment classes. <laughs> yeah, so that was really fun. And and then yesterday, oh my gosh, we had so much fun. I had been meaning for a while to take the kids over to the Discovery Center, which um, is a local science center, um, to which has six acres of property and all kinds of fun stuff there, and, and a museum. Um, they uh, And they have this big pond, which is why I wanted to go over there. They have a pond with crawdads and fish and turtles and um, all kinds of stuff. And um, the, what's it called, the real science odyssey for some reason i was having a hard time remembering that name <laughs> real science odyssey real bio science odyssey. yes biology biology yeah biology <laughs> biology <laughs> too we just started and maven did her first lesson yesterday and i had been wanting that first lesson because it, they were going out and um doing a uh, plot study um, I thought how much more fun it would be to do the plot study at the Discovery Center where they have a little bit more real nature, even though it's man-made real nature. <laughs> it's like a man-made pond, but still, right. there's like animals and stuff there. So I took her <laughs> over there and instead of our backyard, which wouldn't be as exciting. So, um, so yeah, it turned out to be a big hit. I, I'm going to have to scan um, or take a picture of her of her little plot that she drew because she did a really good job she I, she was like mom i can't get the duck to come into my plot i'm like they were there because they have ducks now I, I don't know if you you haven't been there since they had ducks i bet huh no, i don't or unless they had them at, at egg fest no 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 they didn't so no they have ducks that wander around now there's like eight eight or ten ducks and um they're super friendly and so sweet and um <laughs> she's like i can't get the duck to come over here in my plot and i'm like well since there's like eight or ten of them in the whole thing and this is supposed to be representative i think you can probably put a duck or two into your plot even though it's not technically there at the moment you know exactly so she drew a duck in there and then she did the same thing with a because they have bullfrogs in there too so she put so i'm gonna put a bullfrog in there too she did have turtles in it though she picked us a, a spot where the turtles like to hang out on the rocks so and those turtles are so tame they are so used to people they don't run away when you come up to them and there's like 12 of them in that pond or more i think wow there's a ton of them in there and some of them are big too, <laughs> so that was really fun. We had we really had a nice time. We were there for a couple hours yesterday, and uh, I even got Tieran to to do some drawings while we were there too. So I got a, a couple more science samples, which is oh, good cool. because we're having another meeting next week, and um, I need to have something to show for science because we haven't really done anything. So <laughs> other than that one lab a few weeks ago, we really haven't done anything 
structured for science. So yay for science, uh, yay for, science. for science odyssey. <laughs> so, so that's what we've been up to. So what have you guys been reading lately? Again, with the whole <laughs> star testing and everything, we really, we've had like a quiet week for everything. We hardly read anything this week. In fact, I couldn't think of a single book my, either one of my children had read this time. And you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, sure. It happens. We did finish listening to Inkheart um, and the children really, really liked it. So I think um, I'm going to look into getting the next one, which is I think Ink Spell. I think so. Um, but in the meantime, because it was requested, um, we are listening to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yay. And um, yes, it's been, oh, I can tell you, um, as someone who's read all seven books and read them as they came out, so it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Listening to the first one again, like when they started talking about Dumbledore and stuff, I kind of got all like misty eyed. <laughs> oh, little baby Harry. <laughs> I know he's so little. And, um, like, when they bring stuff up, like, um, they talk about Sirius Black, like, Sirius Black loaned uh, Hagrid the motorcycle that he used to oh, take right. baby Harry. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, I'm driving along, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm all getting sad because I know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Not everyone survives. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, if you haven't read books that are 10 years old, I'm really sorry for you, but... <laughs> That's the, the truth of the matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, on the other hand, am reading a book that was recommended by our occupational therapist called Raising a Sensory Smart Child by Lindsay Beal. And um, it's really good. Oh, it's cool. about um, sensory integration disorders or sensory processing disorders. They're mm-hmm. the same thing. And um, I'm, I really am learning a lot about it. And it's terrifying because I'm reading these things and like Jack will be on this, you know, this, this, and this from one list, but I'm this, this, and this. Like, like I'm finding all of these places where, like, stuff that, that like, I can't stand people eating near me. It drives me crazy. <laughs> like, I was about to crawl out of my skin today because there's a kid eating chips in the waiting room. Oh, and, no. and um, that's one of the things that's on there. And, like, I can't stand certain, and there's just, like, a whole bunch of things in there that describe me to a T. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe it's possible that I probably have the same thing Jack has, <laughs> which explains where he got it from. So right. <laughs> um, it's a really good book, though, if anybody has um, any, you know, even if you have any questions or anything like that about sensory processing disorders, it's got a lot of really great information in it. That's cool. Yeah. How about you guys? What are you guys reading? Well, we're almost done. Wait, did we finish it? No, we still have like a couple more chapters. That's right. It keeps theme keeps feeling like it's going to be over because the action is over, but there's a couple more chapters. Um, the 13th Unicorn, we're almost done with that. I think we'll probably finish it off tonight. Um, and that's by W.D. Newman. Um, it's really good. Oh my gosh, it's very well written. Although there's a lot of typos in there. They really yeah. should fix that. <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah, you can tell it's just like t- just weird typos, but I was, was that, I worked my way around it. <laughs> was it a Kindle freebie? Yes, it That was. might be why. It is might it, be is it like the first release or something. Yeah, it's like a first release. They, you know, yeah. because they're like, let's see how many people get this book before we. You oh, know. is that what they do that for? I thought they just randomly picked books. No, I think sometimes it's it's, it's new Brand releases new. by new authors and huh. and that kind of thing, and it's a way of getting it out into people's hands. I'm not saying that's a hundred percent, but that's how I've always because you know, I've gotten some that had like a majillion typos in them too, and I'm like, this is yeah. you know, this can't like, be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was totally free, so I think it is still free on, or last time I checked, it was still free on Amazon too. So, um, 
But anyway, it's really good. A little bit more violent than I would have liked, but, you know, that kind of comes with when you got two different species battling each other, you know, people are dying. So <laughs> it's just kind of what happens. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> But no, it's 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 really good. We re- we're really enjoying it. Um, although we're really excited because the library, our library hold came in um, for the next book in the Septimus Heap series. So we're, we're like, we got to finish this book so we can read that book because that one is. I think it might even get cl- be close to, well, another week or two into uh, until it's due. I'll just have to renew it again. But I'm like, no, we haven't even started it yet. <laughs> so we're excited to start that. But and then Maven, I was originally when I type this up she hadn't read anything and then i remember that she actually we got the third book in the um angie sage series um uh the my my haunted house series um i'm forgetting what the little girl's name is now spooky araminta araminta spooky yeah the araminta spooky series i don't think it's called my haunted house i think it's called the first book's my haunted house but then it's called araminta spooky series which is the same author that does septimus heap and that one is Tyran's level of reading. Frognapped is the name of it. And Maven snagged it after Tyran read it and <laughs> read it because it's a really quick read. I mean, I could read it in like an hour. If I could find it, it's around here somewhere. I was going to read it the other day and I couldn't find it. <laughs> Another lost library book. I'm going to have to dig up, dig, dig through the place to find it. Yeah. Um, so she read Frognapped and then she read... And when we were down there in Visalia, she was checking out the library and a bunch of her friends have been recommending the, um, the wild... Uh, I'm sorry, the Warriors series. This, these cat warriors, you've probably seen these books, right? Have you seen them on the shelves? I think so. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I mean, I see them in bookstores and li- I see them at the library a lot and I've heard people talk about them, but we, she'd never picked them up before and her friends told her they were really good, so she wanted to check them out. So she checked out two, the first two books, the first one, Into the Wild. It's by Aaron Hunter. It's book one of the Warriors series. And then, um, and they're house cats. They're actually like domestic cats. Oh. Um, so she said it's similar to the um, Guardians of Gahul series, except instead of being wild owls, they're domesticated cats. Well, there you <laughs> but go. it's the same kind of, you know, a whole world of these cats. And um, and she says it's so good, and she couldn't put it down, and she immediately finished the first book and moved on to the second one, and I don't know how far she is into that one right now, but I think she's probably pretty well into it at this point. <laughs> so I better get my button gear and get the third one and the fourth one's ordered so <laughs> we can keep going with this momentum. So Yeah. And then Tyrion read Frognapped, of course, um, since that's why I got it, <laughs> by Angie Sage. And then he also picked up Civil War on Sunday, uh, which is another magic um, treehouse book. And then he read The Holes in Your Nose by <laughs> Genichiro Yagyu. And that one's really cute. <laughs> he read that to me while I was sick. It was so cute. Aww. He's like, would you like me to read to you, Mom? And I'm like, sure. So he sat there and read the whole book to me. And then he started a chapter book. Oh, I know. That's where, oh, I bet that's where it is. <laughs> that's Frognapped. He started reading me Frognapped also. I bet it's in the bedroom. Because <laughs> that's where it was last. Um, so anyway, that's... Um, he was reading to me while I was laying in bed moaning all day. Aww. <laughs> it was so sweet. And me, um, I finished, oh my gosh, I read this book called Lost Boy by Brent W. Jeffs. And it is about the FS, uh, I always want to say FS, FLDS, the, um, the oh, polygamists. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Um, I was just, I'm fascinated by this whole bizarre culture of polygamy and whatnot. And, um, and it turns out there's a bunch of other books that uh, different people who've come out of that out of that specific group 
um, have written. So I'm going to be digging those up next. Um, but this is, this guy is the net is Warren Jeff's nephew. And wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. The, uh, the, you know, they talk about the abuse and, 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 uh, the bizarreness of their, their beliefs and they have to be married. They have to have at least three wives to get into heaven, according to them. So mm. yeah, just fascinating. <laughs> it's like, you're reading this going, wait, isn't this like the two thousands? What, where, like, how could people believe this? But then the big thing, the big aha moment for me was these are people that were raised in polygamy like they were their parents were polygamists their grandparents were polygamists their exactly. great grandparents were polygamists they don't know anything else so these are mostly these families are not like uh recruited from the outside they're all from this you know they've been doing they've been living this way for generations so it's it, it was a little bit more i understood it a little bit more you know reading that and and getting that perspective on it so mm-hmm. but it was really good so highly recommend that one um and then, um, of course, I had to pick up Fahrenheit 451 since you <laughs> gave me a copy. So I started reading that last night. I haven't, I've only gotten, I don't think you've even gotten a chapter into it yet, though. So, um, but crossing my fingers, I like it as much as you do. It's <laughs> absolutely top 10 favorite, I'm telling you. <laughs> good. I, I, well, there's got to be a reason why it's such a classic, though. So I figure it must be good. <laughs> well, had I had the opportunity, because I, you know, I, there's this thing like when you have a baby, the husband has some say in the baby's name. And <laughs> I don't know who made that rule or whatever, but had I, had that not been the case, um, Jack Jack's name would have been Monta- um, Montag. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Wouldn't have such a cute nickname then. That's true. Like, <laughs> like Monty or something. I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, that's the, cute. Yeah, what that's the true. nickname for Montag is. But um, yeah, definitely. Montag would have either been the first or the middle name. And Dean completely nicks that one, huh? Yeah, I didn't even try. Yeah, I, that's how I was with the Les Miserables names I would have given my kids. Because <laughs> I, I, wanted, like, I wanted Danielle to be Mina. But, you know, <laughs> from Dracula. <laughs> oh, okay. But I got Alice in there, so I should be happy with that, I guess. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and now is the time on our show when we like to give some time to our sponsors. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. Do you remember what it's like to be an adolescent? Postcards from Youth needs youth photographers' images and words to participate in the conversation. If you have children aged 11 to 17, we invite you to have them submit photos they have taken of their surroundings, family, friends, community, interests, and concerns to our website, postcardsfromyouth.com. So it's time for our links of the week. Becky, what you got for us? Well, I know that we've talked in the past about TED Talks, um, specifically on our episode about um, teaching with technology. I talked about the TED Talks app, mm-hmm. but um, I wanted to point out again TED Talks again because, uh, one, they're just so completely and totally awesome, and they cover all sorts of different topics and everything, but also because there's a site, it's called Ed TED. Or Ted Ed, actually. The name of the site is Ted Ed, but the URL is ed.ted, so it's kind of confusing there. But <laughs> it's, um, it is a way to build lessons around a TED Talk. Oh, so well, what that's you do is you find a video 
Um, and actually, it could be any video. It doesn't have to be a TED Talk. It could be any YouTube video. Huh. So you find the video, you select it, and then you um, you write up an introduction, and then you can write up questions with multiple choice answers or with fill-in answers and all those kinds of things. And, um, and then you can write up a conclusion about it, and you actually can... Um, have your student do it all on their own. Once you've once you've got it all set up, you just set your student in front of it, and it'll play the video for them, and then go through the questions with them, give them the opportunity to read the introductions and the closing and all of that. Yeah. And um, it's kind of cool. And what's really cool about it is you can see what lessons other people have built. It's not just you've got to go in there and build everything from scratch. You know, if you find a lesson on there that um, someone has already made and it um, fits your what you need, then you can just go ahead and use theirs. Or you can get theirs and use it as a template to build your own. Like you can go in and just, okay, I don't like questions two and three, so I'm going to go and change those. Hmm. And, and then you can change it to fit what you need. Cool. Um, what I, um, I found it because I found a video called um, a, less, let's see, a Study That I Used to Know. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Gautier song, um, Somebody That I Used to Know. Uh, well, it's a really good song. You should listen to it. Um, somebody made a parody of it called Some Study That I Used to Know. And it's all about how all this stuff that gets packed into your head in high school and then you you either forget it or because you never use it again, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm like 21 years and count, oh no, 24 years and counting since I graduated from high school and I still have yet to use algebra. That kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And it's and so that's how I got into here, and that's actually a video from College Humor, which usually their stuff is a little iffy, but this one's actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so TED Ed is a really cool place where you can set up quick little little lessons around um, videos that you find on YouTube or TED Talk or anywhere like that. Cool. That looks really neat. I will have to check that out myself. Yep. Dig a little deeper later. <laughs> So my link of the week is explore.org. And I know we've talked about webcam sites before. This one is, um, it's not entirely webcam, but it's got a whole big section of live cams. Um, and then it also has some videos and such. But the, big, the, the biggest reason why it drew me in was because of all these um, live cam animals. Um, there was uh, the mystery class um website has been emailing me and they were talking about this uh what is it it's the osprey there's an osprey life cam on here and apparently she has eggs now because they emailed me just recently said she's got eggs (laughs) so i had to finally go check it out and so it's really cool you can um scroll around and find a video on You can watch the mama bird on her nest, and there's puffins. Oh my gosh, the puffins are so cute. It says, it looks like they're not live currently, but they're supposed to be starting the beginning of this month, so it could be any day now that they're going to be live again, I believe. They're playing like a a looped video right now, but that it's going to be. And actually, the video is really cool. I highly recommend checking out the puffin loop for now. This one is the, uh, what's it called? It's called the puffin burrow. There's two different puffin ones. Um, and you can actually see the mama bird feeding the baby. The little I have, baby puffin. I have baby owls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby owls are so cute, too. Is that the long... There's great horned owl or the long Yes, it's the yes. great horned owl. Aren't oh, my gosh. Cute? They're so cute. Aren't they, darling? And that one's actually live, I think. that one It is, is live, yeah. It is live. I love how they also put the time, the current time of the time zone that you're watching and the temperature as well, which wow. is interesting. 
Yeah, oh, the mom's not there anymore. She was there earlier. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, we were watching that one earlier with the great horned owl, and the mom was sitting there, and it was the bizarrest thing because she's like this huge presence like right behind them and she's like turning her head back and forth and it's, oh my gosh it was so cool to watch and then the little babies were just sleeping in front of her but um yeah and then there's long hair long eared owl and there's uh there's penguins in i'm guessing it's a it's a zoo in long beach california because it says it's long beach i'm like i know they don't have penguins yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, a, it's a habitat ever. like in a zoo <laughs> which is still really cute to watch there was a there was a keeper in there earlier that we were watching she was getting ready to feed them and then there's like a kitten rescue cam. We were having fun watching the little kitten rescue cam because their little kittens were rolling around and playing. And there's Great Dane service dogs that you can watch as well. And they're puppies, but they're enormous. Huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the beluga whale is cool. I think that's an aquarium as well. And there's like these little, um, they look like jellyfish. They're called Japanese sea nettles. Those were really cool. There's a, there's a cam for um, surfers in Hawaii as well. You can watch these guys surfing. That, that was pretty cool. Um, and then there's panda cams and there's pull. I didn't see the polar bears yet. I didn't watch that one yet. And then there's um, another one called the uh, common turn, which was interesting right now. They've got a video loop on there because it says um, that they won't be live again until um, June. So it looks like they'll be, they'll be live again in June. I guess they're not actually nesting there right now. I'm not sure, but um but the, so that so they're playing like the highlights right now, yeah. which is kind of cool to see because then you get to see the best of because that's kind of the thing with the webcam. Sometimes it's kind of boring because like they're not doing anything, you know. But you have to be there at the right time to catch them. But okay, I have to honestly say this is better than the the webcam place that I recommended. Oh, really? A, a few episodes ago, <laughs> this is awesome. Isn't I'm it like neat? I'm watching kittens play. I know. And like <laughs> this is so cool because mine is like very hit or miss, you know. Yeah. This yeah. is this is fantastic. It's really cute. I, yeah, I think we'll be coming back here again and again. They, and I'm guessing in the fall, it's probably there's a couple of them that are for leaf foliage, and I'm guessing that that's probably pretty impressive in the fall. Right now, it's not super impressive. <laughs> it's just trees, you know? uh-huh. but it's supposed to be like so you can watch the trees changing colors and the leaves falling and everything. So right, but yeah, very cute. So explore.org highly recommend that and it looks like there's actually all all kinds of other things on here too i haven't i've only explored the webcams but there is there is um there's different channels in here and there's photos and films and blogs i haven't even dug into all of this yet so i'm guessing there's probably quite a few other things that would be good for homeschoolers as well awesome yeah and now is the time on our show when we'd like to give a little bit of listener recognition and the first person that we'd like to give some listener recognition to is Heather Smithson. Yay! Heather Smithson has been the very was the very first person to give us a Mocha's for Mom donation. Yay! Yay! Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. <laughs> now I have to admit I didn't get a Mocha. I got a passion iced tea lemonade. But that's oh, okay. I haven't it, spent mine yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I spent mine the other day when we were at Starbucks. I got myself a <laughs> large passion iced tea lemonade. Sweet. So yum. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, yes. Heather. We really appreciate that. Definitely. Thank you, Heather. And if anyone else is interested in giving us a donation, just like a little thank you or something, then um, you can go to our webpage, SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And on the left side of your screen, there's a button that says Mochas for Moms. Yep. Yep. And then we got a really fun uh, website comment um, from Megan. She says, wow, 
What an amazing resource for musical inspiration. Your podcast is such a pleasure to listen to while I fold laundry. I anxiously look forward to the notes afterward like a dessert. I just selfishly wish there was there were a more weekly issue to be insured Oh, inspired. sorry. Inspired. <laughs> I can read. <laughs> to be inspired. I was going to say insured. What? <laughs> to be inspired by for the next week's curriculum. You both are so inspiring and a joy to listen. Please stay healthy and inspired. Looking forward to your next installment. Thank you, Megan. Yeah, you, you know, Megan. I, I think it would be great to go weekly as well, but our reality of our lives, it's just not working for us. <laughs> so rather than having you guys waiting, waiting, waiting all the time, it is just better to switch to two weeks. We may go back to one week eventually once we get all our act together. <laughs> well, I got my act together once, and then I forgot where I put it. <laughs> We had another um, comment on the website from Georgia Berry, who is a member I know of our Homeschooling with the Amazing Race Facebook group. She said, I love your podcast, and I was waiting patiently, LOL, for a new episode when this one came out. And I was like, blah, music enrichment. Great. Yeah. Composer study. I got it. Boy, was I wrong. So (laughs) glad I finally got around to listening to it because you two really opened my eyes, not only to new ways to use music, but to the ways we use music already, but that I hadn't thought about it as being an enrichment exercise. Great links and resources for the episode. Thank you so much for all the hard work that went into it. I will never doubt you again. (laughs) (laughs) That one made me crack up when I saw it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Because I would think the same thing. Uh, Music enrichment. Oh, we're going to talk about Mozart again. Yeah, I know. Stuff and I was saying that was. I was saying to you, I'm like, why is it always about classical? There's so much more music out there. Exactly. There's so much out there. Yeah, that episode was really fun. That was last week's episode for people who missed that. That's uh, episode 29. Yes. And on Facebook, we had a comment from Amy with all capital letters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Just listen to episode 27, How to Start Homeschooling. My son is turning four tomorrow and my daughter is two in May. At the end of your podcast, you said that in regards to pre-K and K, and then all caps again, play is okay. (laughs) Just play. Thank you. Most of my other mama friends have their children in preschool and I start to feel as though my son is missing something. I cried with tears of joy. Thank you for saying that. Well, you're oh, very welcome, so Amy. So sweet, Amy. You totally choked me up reading that. <laughs> yeah, I was you. very touched. And then we had an iTunes review from B. Brig. It says, I am a dad of four, and my wife and I are considering homeschooling. This show is a great resource. Like others in the comments comment stream i would prefer less banter at the beginning but once they get to their topic the content is extremely useful these ladies have very different personalities and together they give the impression that anyone can do homeschooling which is clearly their goal well done thank Thank you very much that was very nice yes and now is the time in the show when we'd like to jump into our main topic And today we are trying our hand at doing interviews. We have our good friend Janelle here today to talk to us about homeschooling a child with autism. Janelle is a local friend of Tina and I that we've known for many years. So Janelle is a stay-at-home mother of two children, both with special needs. In her past, she taught for a local public elementary school, but decided to resign from her position when her first child was still an infant and showing signs of developmental delay. She has homeschooled her first child for six years and has learned about the IEP process by attending conferences, reading, networking with other parents, and trial and error. So Janelle, thank you so much for being here today. Tell us a little about yourself and how you started homeschooling. 
Well, Becky and Tina, thank you for having me. It's good to hear from you again. <laughs> well, our homeschooling journey began when our son was five, and having been a classroom teacher, he didn't seem ready yet for a classroom. So I thought I would just homeschool him for kindergarten, and we would transition him into a classroom a year late. But when he wasn't quite ready for kindergarten that following year, we decided to homeschool him for one more year. And ultimately, my husband and I have decided literally year by year to continue homeschooling him with the thought of eventually transitioning him into a school setting someday. So what has your experience been, Janelle? Uh, keeping in mind, we have listeners that may be just starting out homeschooling a child with autism. Well, for us, we didn't know that Alan had autism when we started homeschooling. We just knew that he had developmental delays, and he thought quite differently than children that I had worked with in the past. So what we initially started doing was working within his interest. Um, he was really big on trains, and so we taught numbers and math concepts using and playing with trains, um, basically following his lead. When it came to reading, we read books according to his interest. Um, he played a computer game, and that really helped develop his love for reading and learning to read. So how did you discover Alan has autism? Well, like I said, he had developmental delays, and we were fortunate to receive occupational therapy services through our medical insurance, and the OT picked up on um, the signs of autism and mentioned it to me, and then we went further into getting a, a diagnosis for him. Ah, so how did you go about adjusting your homeschooling for him then? Because you were in well, the middle of your homeschooling at that point, right? We were, and we really had a follow the child, um, follow the child's lead um, philosophy at that time. And as we looked more into autism and autism remediation, we found that um, for us that we didn't necessarily want to continue with that philosophy. It worked great in the beginning. Um, it got him learning to read. It and he learned several math concepts, but we weren't sure how he would then be able to transition into following a set curriculum as he got older. And that was really our concern. How do we, what do we do now in order to transition him into following a curriculum that may not be in his interest? And so through the help of a behavioral therapist that we worked with, um, we adjusted basically getting him to do activities first that may not be preferable to him and being accepting of a non-preferable activity. Hmm. Okay. Very cool. Many homeschooling families out there with special needs children often lack the support that comes with a public school situation, such as information and access to services. I know personally for my family, we just gave up even trying and ended up that I was setting up and paying for all of Jack's therapies on my own. I know now I probably should have just called you, Janelle. <laughs> but can you share with us your experience in getting services for your son and any advice you have for parents who are looking for services for their child? Well, you're in a common situation, Becky. Um, most families find the path of least resistance is just to pay for it out of pocket. Um, you know that the services are going to start right away, you're getting help for your child right away, and you have that anxiety of, they need help now, and what can I do to get them that help? Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, there are many avenues to services. Um, I only have experience with California services, but there's uh, regional centers that are available to provide services for children with a diagnosis of autism. Your schools can also provide services with a diagnosis of autism. Um, and of course, there's always private pay where the parents pay themselves. Mm -hmm. 
So um, can you tell us a little bit about um, uh, the IEP process? Sure. Whenever you're trying to get services through the state, the first thing that you need to do is get a diagnosis. You might have concerns about your child. You might see them possibly um, flicking their fingers or making um, different movements with their body or being stuck in routines. They don't like to have much flexibility in their day. Mm -hmm. um, other signs of autism um, are delay in speech. Um, repetitive behaviors or saying things like movie scripts or book talking. Um, just things that you just notice about your child that are maybe a little different from other neurotypical children that you've encountered. Mm -hmm. And so what you would do is you take those concerns to a professional, either a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a neuropsychologist, and be very blunt and very clear about what your concerns are. Maybe do a little bit of research about autism first so that you know what the signs are to look for so that you can share those signs with your healthcare professional. And then they can write a diagnosis for your child. And along with that, they'll have recommendations for services, whether it's occupational therapy, speech therapy, behavioral therapy, social skills training. There's a whole list of options that are available to children with a diagnosis of autism. And from there, you take that recommendation to your school or to your regional center, and then they can possibly, they might want to do their own assessment and start the assessment process over, and that's probably the biggest um, hurdle for families is, and frustration for families is mm -hmm. that the assessment has to be redone by each of these entities. Um, it's just something that we have to put up with as parents, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but then once they do their assessment, then hopefully the assessors will all agree and the recommendations for services will be in alignment and then from there you can create an IEP. Okay. So children with autism often have sensory issues that need to be addressed, I hear. Um, these children may appear to be hyperactive, always in motion, continually bouncing off the walls, or they may be super lethargic and seem barely able to hold their heads up while they work. What are their, what are your suggestions for a parent who has a child with sensory issues? My recommendation is working with an occupational therapist because they can give you the tips, tools, and strategies to work with your child to either rev up their nervous system or to calm their nervous system down. Things like utilizing a swing in the home or a trampoline mm -hmm. um, can do wonders to help regulate that nervous system. Um, mm -hmm. Developing a sensory room where you can gather materials for different sensory activities, whether it's a ball pit or working with bean bags, um, creating a quiet, non-distracting environment for your child, um, having different places and locations to sit. For some children, sitting at a table with a hard surface is best. Others might use a deflated beach ball um, to kind of be able to get their bounces out or a, a large inflated yoga ball as a chair instead. Mm -hmm. um, getting up and moving from the table um, can also be beneficial or utilizing the couch or even laying on the floor on their bellies can help. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. For a while, my son did a lot of his schoolwork on laying on his bed. And so just having that flexibility for your child, knowing that what you're doing to help regulate their nervous system is going to help them 
absorb the information a lot better. Seems Absolutely. like that would work also for a lot of neurotypical children too. Absolutely. <laughs> I know my kids could probably use a lot of Actually, we almost always do all of their work on a couch or on a bed. Yeah, just having that flexibility. And that's the, the benefits of homeschooling is, is you do have so many options available to you to provide a, a rich environment for their all sensory right. needs. Right. So can you talk a little bit about the sensory diet? Sure. A sensory diet is um, basically a tips and strategies for revving up their nervous system or calming their nervous system down. There's a program called the Alert Program where uh, they talk about your engine running and it, whether your engine is running on high where you're you know, bouncing off the walls, like you said, um, or, um, or too sluggish. They can't keep their head off the table. Um, getting them to identify where their engine is running. Is it too high or is it too low? And then it offers activities to do to get that engine to calm down or get the engine to rev up. So if they're feeling sluggish, getting up and moving or getting up and having a drink is going to help them get their engine up to a more neutral state. Mm -hmm. And so a sensory diet is just that. It's, it's introducing different sensory needs, whether it's vestibular, so they're moving, or tactile, where they're touching something. Maybe they have like a, um, I don't know, like a fuzzy ball or um, something with tags on it that they can fiddle with their fingers with. Or oral stimulation, so having like a chewy, um, chewy toy or a straw that they can suck on um, or suck water through a straw can all help to regulate their nervous system. Hmm, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So what about the role of diet and nutrition? Well, many families have found that diet and nutrition help tremendously with regulating the nervous system. Um, eliminating dyes from the diet, for instance, or different offending foods if they might be sensitive to. And you may or may not realize that your child is sensitive to different foods, such as gluten or dairy, um, or simple fruits and vegetables, um, or even proteins that they might be allergic to. So I really suggest that you get in touch with a nutritional practitioner that can help guide you in that, in that journey. Okay. Um, so we're going to have a list of resources to purchase items for reasonable prices um, in the show notes, but can you just give us some quick tips? Um, yes, there's lots of magazines and websites available for sensory needs. If you just do a quick Google search for sensory or sensory activities, you're going to find lots of catalogs available. A lot of their items are very pricey, so what I suggest is that parents take a look at what the object is and try to find alternatives elsewhere. Um, for instance, you can find trampolines at sporting goods stores rather than a supply catalog. Or you can find, you know, items for a ball pit at a toy store. Um, you can find straws at your regular grocery store. It doesn't have to be something that's from these sensory catalogs. So you can get ideas from the catalogs and so then go elsewhere to find them? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really great idea. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the first things most homeschooling families think about when they think about homeschooling is curriculum. Can you share your thoughts with us on choosing and implementing a curriculum with an autistic child? Well, the first thing is knowing your child. How does your child best learn? And what are the goals for your child? 
do you want your child to learn the basics and do you want them learning through their interest? Um, for instance, when we started, we went through completely through interest. It was a child-led activity. Um, but if you're looking for more of a set curriculum, what are your goals for them? And then again, how, how do you modify the curriculum for your child? Do they need less work? Do they need, basically, instead of doing a full page of work, do they just need a half a page or a quarter of a page or maybe only two problems? Or maybe um, do you do the handwriting for them if handwriting is an issue? Mm -hmm. Or do you allow them to type their work on a computer? Um, mm -hmm. breaking, the, breaking assignments down into parts can be very beneficial. Teaching them at a lower developmental level. Or sometimes children are excelling in one area, and what homeschooling allows is for you to work at their level, whether it's a higher level or a lower level, without that stigma of being different. Yeah, that, that whole allowing them to work at the level they're at, that is a real key thing for Jack and I. It's, it's just, you know, because he's like awesome at math, but we're having a little bit of problem with the handwriting. So we set the handwriting aside and we focus on doing really, really well on our math. <laughs> right. So he and has that feeling of success. Absolutely. It's so important for children, um, for all children, but especially children on the autism spectrum, to feel success in what they're doing. One suggestion for handwriting is working with an occupational therapist as well so they can incorporate um, sensory needs into the written work of handwriting. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have that option available to you, Becky, but... We um, start OT next week. Absolutely a question to ask. Yes. I'm, I, in fact, go. I've been talking to Courtney about it already. Yeah, we start next week. I'm very excited. Good for you. Very cool. So we asked our audience if they had any questions that they want us to ask you. So I have a couple of questions if you'd like to answer those for us, Janelle. Is that okay? Absolutely. Perfect. Great. So Meg says, um, we're new, new to the world of autism and just overwhelmed. Um, and she wants advice for dealing with public meltdowns. So how do you deal with public meltdowns? <laughs> okay, Meg, um, Thank you for your question. Public meltdowns are embarrassing. <laughs> We've definitely had our fair share. And, and any parent who has ever had a two-year-old is yeah. well aware of what a public meltdown looks like. Yeah. Um, most people are, are understanding when the child is two and not quite so understanding when the child is nine. Right. right. Um, so basically making sure that you're in a safe environment for them to express themselves. Um, and sometimes what that means is removing yourself from the environment so that you have a little bit of privacy or your child has privacy. Mm -hmm. um, if you can possibly go to a car or to a different room um, so that they can work through their emotions. Um, sometimes that's not always available, and you just kind of have to ride the storm where you're at. Um, sometimes... What I've done in the past is I've had cards printed up that says what you're witnessing is a meltdown. My child has autism. Thank you for your understanding. Oh, and wow. if I got looks, then I would just quick hand the card. And a lot of people, you know, would just put a look of, of relief or understanding on their face at that point. Right. Say, oh, okay, I get it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's really a um, smart idea. So that's one thing that's helped us get through those public meltdowns. Sure. Excellent. 
Well, we had another question from Seneca who asks, how do you schedule, pace, organize your day? And um, she's got actually a couple of questions. So why don't we take them one at a time? So how do you schedule, pace, organize your day? Um, For us, we break things up. Um, We do most of our um, tough work in the morning when my son is most alert. And then afternoons are really um, set aside for social groups and for therapy appointments. Okay. And then um, what curriculum style do you find works best for you? Mm, You know, that's going to vary for everybody. Um, For us personally, we wanted our son to learn how to learn from a set curriculum that wasn't with his preferred interest. So right now what's working for us is a standard, typical public school curriculum. Mm-hmm. And um, do you utilize private therapies or work with the school district at all for your social skills or OT? At this point, we have an IEP that covers all of his occupational therapy, speech therapy, and social skills. That's um, awesome. It, was a, it is awesome. <laughs> um, it was a long journey to get here, but it can be done. Like I said, you need to go and make sure you have that diagnosis first and that your professionals are recommending these therapies so that when you go into the IEP meetings, you have that support system from the professionals that say this is what the child needs and this is what we need to do to help the child. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jessica says, I am schooling an autistic six-year-old, almost seven, and we have begun kindergarten work with him. He's doing okay on learning, which was a shock to us due to severe anxiety, but we have a problem with him being able to do work every day without it becoming an anxiety provoker. I do not want to overload him with anxiety as he also has one dead kidney and the other is going bad. Anxiety could raise his blood pressure and cause massive damage on that kidney. Any suggestions? Um, And then she says, right now he is about two weeks behind my other three kids in their school year and it is only getting further. We're able to get in about three days a week right now, sometimes only two. So I guess the the question is um, how to keep his anxiety down and also the concerns over being what she considers behind. Right. Um, Well, Jessica, it sounds like there's a lot going on with your little one. I'm so sorry to hear that. It sounds as if you're already pacing, only doing work every other day rather than every day, Um, possibly working a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon, and a little bit in the evening might help break it up as well. Um, I know it's concerning when you're seeing them fall further and further behind their peers. Um, But it's important to just look at them as an individual, kind of like being a swimmer. You're swimming in your own lane. Other swimmers may be faster than you. Other swimmers may be behind you. But all you need to worry about is your own swimming and your own time frame. Um, From what you said, he's doing okay on his learning, which is great. Um, It sounds like what you're doing for him is beneficial, and I would continue going along with that. I don't know if you've talked with your healthcare provider about his anxiety, if he's on medication to help for that or not. Um, uh, One recommendation I have is what I spoke about earlier was the alert program, where he's identifying where his engine is, if it's too high for him, what are some calming things to do to help calm his nervous system? For our children, we have swings that are set up in the doorway, um, hammock swings. And so they can climb into their hammock swing and just rock until their nervous system is calmed down enough so that they're ready to rejoin the activity. So that would be one suggestion I have as far as anxiety. 
Um, but definitely, you want to keep their health first and foremost as a priority. And the learning can only come secondary to when they're healthy. Of course. Excellent. So um, there's just one last question I really feel that we all need to ask, and it's probably on a lot of our minds. How do you do it? How do you stay sane with all of this stuff going on? Because I know personally I'm having a really hard time with that right now. Oh, it is hard. It's really challenging to balance all of your needs personally and your children's needs. And the biggest key, I feel, is to have professional support. Professional support for your kids, professional support for you, um, so that they're receiving the services that they need. And once those services are in place, you're going to feel a huge weight lifted off your shoulders um, because you'll have tips and strategies from professionals for how to work with your child. Um, if you're feeling anxiety yourself, I really recommend going to your healthcare provider and discussing your concerns. Um, there are many options available for dealing with anxiety and stress. Um, having a child with autism has been compared to being in combat, the stress level. Um, oh, wow. It can be really great, and it's very important to take care of yourself. It can often be very difficult to find peers for your children that they get along with. Um, because of the nature of autism, there's a lot of social issues that come up, whether it's your child not being able to reach out to other children or other children not reaching out to your child. And my recommendation is just keep trying. Uh, it took us several homeschooling groups to find a niche for us. And we went through a lot of series of my child being made fun of, um, not being part of the group. And... Basically, it just I just kept trying, just kept putting ourselves out there. Sometimes we found peers that were also on the spectrum, and that can be helpful. But other, other times, I feel it's more helpful to have neurotypical peers so that your child can learn from them. And also, they can learn from your child how to be friends with someone that's a little bit different and thinks differently than you. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. There there are support networks out there. TACA is a really big, T-A-C-A, is a really big support network for families um, with children on the autism spectrum. I suggest that you do a search and see if there's a local chapter for you. If not, there's lots of online support that you might be able to find through Yahoo groups or Facebook groups. And just finding friends for yourself can be difficult, too. I know... Um, through the years, we've lost some friends because of the behaviors of our children, and they couldn't understand why we were parenting the way that we were parenting. And that can be difficult. And so, again, I just really encourage you to keep trying, keep getting your, you know, putting your best foot forward and meeting new people and trying to find different organizations that you can be part of to meet new friends and, and make new connections. Awesome. Great advice. Yeah. Can I just say I had the awesomest thing happen the other day? I was mm -hmm. taking Jack to speech therapy, and I had posted on Facebook I was having a really, really rough day. And I have a friend who um, runs the um, Hydra Massage office over at the speech therapy place. And she messaged me and she said, drop Jack off at speech therapy and come have a massage. So <laughs> nice. So awesome. I dropped Jack off at speech therapy, same building and everything. So I didn't have to worry about leaving the building. I didn't have to worry about him being by himself. Dropped him off, went and had myself a little massage, changed my entire outlook on a very rough day. Wow. Oh. 
Good advice. That's, That's a great awesome. idea. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to look into that service. <laughs> yeah, I will check it out. Um, I, I have her card. I'll, I'll send you the link and, and you can check it out because it's awesome. And it, it's like the, it's a dry hydro bed. So you don't mess up your hair. You don't get out, you don't come out smelling frou-frou and oily or anything. It's fantastic. <laughs> great idea for possible gift ideas too. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have a list of other resources that we're going to be putting in the show notes that um, our listeners will want to check out. Um, there's some links to some websites and some books that will be helpful um, to families homeschooling children with autism or who want to find out more. So to find the show's notes, um, you're going to go to SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 30 because this is episode 30 and you can find all of those notes there. Yes. Well, we would like to thank Janelle for joining us today and for being so very understanding on our first foray out into interviews. (laughs) (laughs) This is our first of hopefully many interviews. And we'd also like to thank all of our listeners who sent us questions to ask. And if you have any more questions, please feel free to drop us a note. You can always email us at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. If we get a few of them, maybe we can convince Janelle to come back on again to answer them for us. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you so much, Janelle. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And we are looking forward to our next interview with Deborah Marcus, otherwise known as the Bitter Homeschooler. (laughs) And we hope all of you will join us again when she shares her unique viewpoint on homeschooling. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. And you can follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool and we're on Instagram at Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments, call 559-426-6670 or drop us an email at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. You can also find Becky on the web at beckytatro.com and I can be found at homeschoolrealm.com and the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our about pages. Well, goodbye everybody. Have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next time. Goodbye. Bye. I'm going to have to stop. There's an airplane going overhead. Can you hear it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is the loveliness of living in a flight zone. I am homeschooling. Sorry, wait, let me try that again. Third time's the charm. Jessica says, I am homeschool... I said it again. (laughs) Blue for real. (laughs) 